brush some dirt off your shoulders after that Drake London pick, sir. <laughs> Nicely done there. Let's go ahead and talk about week seven, because I think one of my favorite parlor games is when we know that Seattle will have a positive game script. The question is, who's going to go off? Because certainly the receivers are great. The running backs are great. And it's just a fun parlor game to figure out which skill position player is going to go crazy. So in a game where they are heavily favored against Arizona, who do you like from the Seahawks offense? We think everyone can get there. Even last week when we talked about the Rams, it would have been a much more drowning in favor of Los Angeles if Puka Nakua and Tyler Higby had caught their two touchdowns that they dropped. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think we go to Kenneth Walker in this spot uh, initially because Cardinals 25th in yards per attempt to opposing running backs, 22nd in their rate of explosive runs, 10-yard gains allowed. And even Kyron Williams last week, despite starting the first half, just two carries. They came out of the half, their first six plays in the third quarter, all runs. And then we saw him have four runs of 15 plus yards whenever they started getting that going. That's kind of exactly how the Seahawks want to play. Although maybe some other players get there. Uh, I, I'm hoping Jackson Smith and Jigba numbers don't get too steamed. DK Metcalf now quietly back-to-back DNPs for the Seahawks. And we did see an uptick in usage for Jason as well. Not only just to get him on the field, it's how the Seahawks changed their offense over their bye. They returned against the Bengals at with the 10th highest rate of 11 personnel usage and passing from three wide sets at the league's 12th highest rate. That Those numbers were 23 and 25th before the buy. So it actually was like a purposeful change to more three wide sets. And because of that, since the Cardinals are allowing a league high 10.7 yards per catch to opposing slot receivers, JSN, Kenneth Walker, those are the two places I look. I know the final injury report for most of these games will get some clarity later today. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, but it's the NFL. So probably not as well. Like questionable. Good luck. <laughs> uh, fantasy wise, prop wise, how are you handling, handling these backfields? The Lions backfield, the Rams, and it's not till Monday, but uh, the Niners. What are we doing? Lions, Rams, Niners, expectation, just thought, thoughts on those situations. I'm waiting to see if Jameer Gibbs gets a full practice in today. Because if so, I think we have the evidence we need to know that he's going to be in every touchback, essentially. We've already seen him and Craig Reynolds play one game without David Montgomery this year. And in that game, Jameer Gibbs handled 72% of the team's backfield touches, out-touched Craig Reynolds 18-4, to and ran 20 routes to his eight. We think Gibbs gets all the work if he gets in a full practice. If he stays limited throughout the week, as he's been Wednesday and Thursday, then it's a grenade. I don't know if I'm ready to like predict who gets the touches and where, because maybe he's just limited in his first game back. For the Rams, it's so interesting. It's all over the place, because you have narratives of Zach Evans being the last man available, and Sean McVay last week said, whenever Evans came on the field in replacement for everyone, that he did look good at the end of the game. Uh, Daryl Henderson obviously knows the playbook, but he's been out of the NFL now for nearly a year. Uh, Miles Gaskin got poached from Kevin O'Connell's practice squad, I'm assuming because he can pick up the playbook a little faster than most people, since Kevin O'Connell obviously trickles down from Sean McVay's coaching tree. And then the third one, uh, who am I forgetting here? Um, 
Miles Gaskin, Daryl Henderson, Zach Evans. That's where we're at, by the way, in week seven. Gross. Anyways, Royce Gross. Freeman, special team. <laughs> Royce Freeman, I believe, is only okay. there to play special teams as he's been the past couple of games. So I think it's Zach Evans. The issue is that I don't think any of them have a ceiling. Even for their props, you probably have to lean under for all of them just because we've seen now the last two games with Cooper Cup back in the mix, the Rams have targeted their running backs at a league low 5.5% rate. No one except for Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua are being used in this passing game. So you can't trust anyone. Uh, I still kind of believe in that over, and I believe in Rams passing yard props just because Stafford, as long as he's not under pressure, has been a completely different quarterback this year even eight yards per attempt from a clean pocket. The Steelers' numbers, although creating pressure has been good, eighth in generating pressure, sixth in blitz rate. Whenever they don't get there, uh, that's when Stafford should take advantage of this defense that's 26 in rate of 15-yard gains they've allowed through the air. Not only that, but those numbers would be even better if the Ravens caught those four touchdowns a couple weeks ago. So uh, I think the Rams can definitely have success. It's why it's one of only two games on the entire board where the total's actually gone up. In 2023, totals only go down, as we're seeing in week seven. <laughs> so uh, that's the way I'm looking at that backfield. And then for the 49ers, it's toss-up in the air. I genuinely think Christian McCaffrey is going to play, but if he's going to be limited that throws a wrench into everything because then we probably will see a three-headed backfield between him, Elijah Mitchell, and Jordan Mason. And that doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help us with props at all. Even Kyle Shanahan came out and said last week, Elijah Mitchell didn't practice until Thursday, his first day. Uh, and that's why Jordan Mason was used whenever Christian McCaffrey initially got injured. And Mason out-touched Mitchell 4-1 to one to close the game whenever McCaffrey was injured. But we don't expect that to happen since Shanahan said so. It was only because Mitchell was injured. So I think it's a messy, messy timeshare out there. Texans on a bye, so we can't discuss Nico Collins this week. What are we going to do? We've already been talking about some props that we like, but I want to open it up to you. Do you have a favorite prop for this week that we have not touched on yet? Yeah, the favorite ugly prop of the week, even though I really like it still, is uh, Darius Slayton receiving overs. And I'm, tr- I'm trying to mix in Darius Slayton. I play all these. <laughs> I play all these other. Yeah, it's ugly. I play all these other like one-off <laughs> contests for like fantasy too, where like you have to have a wild card. And I'm picking Darius Slayton everywhere. But it's the fact that we saw the Giants change their rotation on Sunday night. And if you didn't see that, that's okay. Like if you just turned the game off, it was worth that. You shouldn't have watched that game. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they they changed their three wide sets entirely and stuck with Darius Slayton, who led the team in routes run. 87% of dropbacks, and then Jalen Hyatt and Wandell Robinson, all for over 72%. They pretty much removed Isaiah Hodgins, who only ran 11 routes. Sterling Shepard was active, zero routes, and they helped these scratch Paris Campbell. They have a set in stone, three wide sets, I'm assuming, moving forward. And part of the process, not only for his volume, but part of the process for getting there for Drake London um, was the fact that that they were playing against this commander's defense that has been absolutely miserable. Uh, Since week two now, fourth most yards per attempt and the eighth highest rate of explosive passes through the air against them. Not only that, but 60% of Darius Slayton's targets from Tyra Taylor last week came 20-plus yards downfield. So if we think we're getting the volume, we think we're getting these deep shots, not only that, but the commanders are 32nd in yards per catch, 11 and a half allowed to opposing boundary receivers where Darius Slayton leads the team and routes run. I think it's, 
you know, the stars aligning for however much they can for Darius Slayton for a breakout game. So I like Slayton overs. And it's also something too, where, you know, assuming Tyrod Taylor is out there again, you can expect that consistency. If it is specific to the quarterback, then that makes sense. But if it's not specific to the quarterback, well, that doesn't matter for this upcoming week. Then we can kind of figure things out, mix and match as we go forward. So definitely, I think that's a great play. He is John Daigle right here on BeckQL Daily. Make sure to follow him on X at NotJDaigle question for you concerning all of these unders uh, that we're seeing uh, so Mm. far through six weeks of the NFL slate. We're getting a lot of totals as well in the 30s and low 40s. And there are many reasons for that in terms of red zone offense and, you know, two deep safeties, things like that. But I'm curious which low total actually makes sense where it's okay to bet on an under low total. And maybe there's some under props to bet on as well. The Raiders Bears is interesting. I wish I knew more about and had any faith in Tyson Bajant carrying that side of the offense. Even when he came in the game, that's when Deontay Foreman had 10 of his 15 carries last week. It was basically to hide Bajant. And then we saw the, the fumble six. We saw that egregious underthrown interception on first and 10 in a one-score game to the DJ Moore. But if Aiden O'Connell starts, that's kind of like where my ears perked up. I was like, well, the last time we saw O'Connell, who was easily the best quarterback in the preseason, uh, he he was just having to deal with Khalil Mack living in the backfield for six sacks the entire time, whereas the Bears are 21st in pressure rate. Quarterbacks are pretty much doing what they want against Chicago still outside of running against them. They've, They've quietly had a very good run defense with their linebacker additions, and so... I I believe Aiden O'Connell can push the ball, but I have enough questions about both sides to where I think I would still lean under in that game. Uh, What I'm really hoping is, although the total came down, uh, I'm really hoping this Chiefs-Chargers game saves the 2023 season. I have my concerns, but we really need this game to be a shootout as Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert have shown us time and time again, they do whenever they face one another. We just need points to restore our faith here. And and I'm a little worried since the Chiefs defense has just been so damn good. Uh, 13.4 mm-hmm. points per game since they brought Chris Jones back. Not only that, but even if you look at all the exa- advanced metrics, second in EPA per play and drop back success rate and limiting opposing quarterbacks, third highest rate of pressures they've converted into sacks in that time. And more importantly, the Chargers without Mike Williams, only a two-game sample and a lot left on the table from Justin Herbert specifically. We saw how open Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer were a couple of times against the Cowboys on Monday night, and Herbert just whiffed on them. But still, the last two weeks, the Chargers are 28th in yards per play. Herbert is one of eight on throws 20 yards downfield. It's been bad so far, so a little bit worried, unfortunately. What is your favorite cider total of the week? Uh, my biggest bet of the year, responsibly, is on the Eagles, <laughs> anything under minus three. Uh, I, I got it at minus one, but I believe it's two and a half last I checked. And it's just the mm-hmm. fact that we're getting a discount on Philadelphia. Uh, the Jets have made everyone look stupid. They forced Josh Allen into his worst game of the year. Patrick Mahomes had his fewest passing yards with two interceptions against them. And then, of course, the, they turned Jalen Hurts and the Eagles one-dimensional and then picked them off three times this past game. Whereas on the other side of the ball, although we think the Dolphins can move the ball with ease, 
their defense has been atrocious, and they've really just been banking on playing bad quarterbacks and dunking on everyone for 70 points. 34 points allowed to Justin Herbert, over 40 allowed to Josh Allen. Now we get this Jalen Hurts offense, and we don't think the Dolphins can turn them to one-dimensional. We believe they can have success on the ground, as they had shown they've done all year long, except against New York. So I think it's a pretty good matchup for Philadelphia. This Lions at Ravens game has been interesting from a yeah. pop's perspective. I can't really figure out what to do. It seems like it's been a bit of a down year for tight ends this year, too. I know scoring has been down overall, but I mean, Mark Andrews, unders, I, I don't know where to go in this one. Anything you like props wise here. It was supposed to be windy conditions, and I think that's mm -hmm. why the total came down. We talked about a total I would bet under on. This is the one I'm waiting to see what the market does on Sunday morning because I think we could get some buyback here. Even the line opened at 44, went down to 41 and a half, and it got pushed back up to 43 because it, it makes a lot of sense for the Ravens' offense, a lot of success here. Uh, the, the Lions' defense has been chaotic on the surface. But honestly, this is their first real test since they allowed 37 points to Geno Smith and the Seahawks and overtime because the last month they've played Desmond Ritter, Jordan Love, Bryce Young, and Baker Mayfield. And the way the Lions oh. operate in seeming the fourth highest rate of zone coverage, like that's that's what Lamar has been best against this year. 71% completion rate, 8.7 yards per attempt against zone. Not only that, but it also favors Zay Flowers, who we also got there with a anytime touchdown last week, his first one of the year <laughs> mm -hmm. in London. But Zay Flowers has seen 55% of his targets against zone coverage, has nearly tripled his yards per route run compared to man, and he's averaged 12 and a half yards per catch. So I, I think it favors the Ravens through here. They can't run the ball. Look at Gus Edwards' under-rushing props, by the way. That's one of the best ones on the week because we also think Keaton Mitchell will get involved, but also the Lions have been stuffing the run. Not only that, but if the Ravens have success through the air, we think that pushes Jared Goff, who's been really good, even on the road this year, surprisingly good. And without David Montgomery, I think that's how the Lions know they have to play. Ben Johnson is one of the less stubborn OCs in the entire NFL. Even last week against the Bucs, they knew they couldn't run, and they ran the 10th highest pass play rate from neutral game script. Also, teams, knowing they can't run against the Ravens, have been calling the seventh highest pass play rate against Baltimore. So I, I think it has the cocktail for an over. I just would like the market to nudge me in the right direction. Makes sense. I like it. John Daigle of 4 for 4 and Bet Spurts, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we continue our look at the Week 7 NFL card with the Cardinals, Seahawks, and Chiefs and Chargers on tap. That's right here on the BetQL Network. Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth with you. Let's get back to the games. And we've got a divisional matchup between the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Seattle is at home. Seven and a half points. They are the favorite with that spread. The total is 44 and a half. Joe, it is a divisional game. Those things tend to be tight and lower scoring. But Cardinals are uh, arguably the worst team in football for a reason. So do you want to back the Seahawks in seven and a half? Former Cardinals head coach, 
Rest in peace, Denny Green said, they are who we thought they were. He was talking about the Bears, but we can put that with the Cardinals, right? I mean, they are who we thought they were. They were punchy to start the season. You know, they'll show up for a half. They were leading last week at halftime against the Rams. It was a low-scoring game that was more about the Rams, I think. But the more and more we see of this team, especially without James Conner, I can't believe I'm saying that. But, th- but that's how little talent they have where James Conner is being talked about like he's so <laughs> valuable to the team. James Conner, I repeat. That's that's what we're saying, just as, as a reminder. Uh, what they run, 77 plays last week. I, I like the Seahawks in Survivor. I used them with both of my pools with my one pick that's left. I like them in a teaser. I didn't mention them in contest picks. But they could, the more and more I think about this game, I'm cool with them covering the point spread. Even if you add that hook, of seven and a half. There's a lot of reasons to back the Seahawks. Um, yeah, I mean, at times the Cardinals rushing offense has looked good, but again, no Connor, and you're going against the best rushing defense in the NFL. It's been amazing what the Seahawks defense was. Anybody saying that? Oh, they're stout against the run going into the season, but that's what they've shown us through six weeks. They should have beat the Bengals last week. They all gained them by 166 yards. What was the issue? Red zone. Got to turn that around. They were one for five in the red zone. This would be the first time in Geno Smith's career that he is favored by a touchdown. It'll be interesting to see. Um, Right? He's been around a while. It's been around a while. And and this defense is not going to get any pressure on him. Like just everywhere they rank defensively, like – however you want to look at it, success rate, worse in the NFL, defensive DVOA, second worst, EPA per play. They're number 30 in the league. This defense has got awful. And, you know, I said they are who we thought they were. Well, the more and more we see of Dobbs, like, okay, yeah, word is out. Film is out on this guy. Uh, Defenses have figured uh, out the Cardinals for sure. I'm – I'm not back at the Cardinals. It's all Seahawks stuff for me. And props-wise, like, I've heard angles on all sorts of – different receivers and i understand why like i might bring up dk metcalf later when we talk about alt numbers i love this game one of my favorites lots of props the majority of my bets are on this game and i cannot wait i think the seattle defense will make life very difficult for the cardinals um Let's start with some of the props that I like. Geno Smith, over one and a half passing touchdowns. I love everything. Kenneth Walker. Arizona allowing an average of 133 yards per game on the ground. I bet longest rush over 16 and a half was minus 105. I mean, I've looked at everything. Attempts, total rush yards. I just love it. I mean, I'm looking at alt when we get to that for our two-minute drill. Um, the one thing I will not do is this touchdown prop. I was telling Paul before the show plus money last week is one of my favorite bets. Now it's like minus 200. So definitely not betting that, but going over on pretty much everything else, Kenneth Walker. And I think Geno Smith is going to have a great day as well. You mentioned one in five, one for five in the red zone. I don't think they're going to struggle like that again. I think Geno Mm -hmm. Smith has a great day. They will not struggle again in the red zone. I think Seattle will score a bunch of points in this one, and I think they can cover the big number in part because what makes Geno Smith so effective? It's play-action passing. His success rate on such throws is greater than 60%, only trailing Lamar Jackson in that department. 
Cardinals have struggled against really any kind of pass, any kind of throw and catch. The Cardinals just can't stop it. So you better believe that they can't stop play action passing when you might have linebackers biting. Also, they have had trouble with key design runs. And so the tandem to Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker individually. Okay, maybe they haven't been elite individually, but I think the combination can be really good here. And perhaps they're also due for some big games because we really do believe in their talents. I think the question is, okay, which receivers and running backs do we want to back here? I do think mm -hmm. it can be a bit of a grab bag, though I, th I have one idea that I will share a little later on in the festivities. But I think what is more reliable when you're betting on props in this game is how about just fading the Cardinal skill players? Why not just do that? Because I like the Seattle defense. Michenu Wosu, I think, will get some pressure, uh, you know, against Dobbs. I, I do think that this front should be able to contain just about any rushing attack. I think that's the play more than anything else because it, it you could mix and match. And I think these props will be exaggerated because we know the Cardinals are bad. But I think offensively, there may be a little bit of hope, hope in, say, the ground game. And I want to evaporate that. And so Keontae Ingram props, I would probably fade those any which way you can. Found 52 and a half rushing receiving yards. I want to go under that. Okay. Um, Aaron mentioned the touchdown prop and why you don't want to do it at this price. There's a minus 154 out there. But, you know, something we've mm. seen a couple times That's in Seahawks games Walker's got two touchdowns, so two plus touchdowns mm -hmm. is plus three sixty. I mean, for, for I mean, that's not the worst bet in the world. Like, if you believe they're going to have control of this game and the second half is going to be a lot of Kenneth Walker, like I do, he should have a couple of opportunities to score. And he actually leads the NFL on attempts inside the five. He has ten attempts. Mm -hmm. I think he'll get a few of those. I love that. Didn't even think of that. Pretty. <laughs> Pretty much bet him for everything else, but two plus yes. touchdowns is great. Great idea there. Yeah. <laughs> no, it makes a lot of sense to me. The question though is like, you know, what role does Charbonnet have in this offense? Yep. That would probably be my one question, but chances are you're getting some good value there. Let's move on now to the Chargers and the Chiefs. Casey is at home. Uh, five and a half points is the spread. The total is 48. I, I believe in John Daigle and when he says like, we really should see a lot of points in a game like this, but maybe we won't just because of the state of the league right now, Joe. Totals drop four points this week. This is normally a game where the total is only going in one direction. Like we've seen this matchup again, even, even though it's a divisional matchup, this is one of those where the totals starts off in the low fifties earlier in the week. And by the end of the week, it's in the mid fifties. But with this NFL, that's just not happening anymore. So at 48, is that a good spot? It's very tempting. Yeah, the Chiefs defense, you've got to give them all the credit in the world. You've got to. Uh, what can uh, you do on them? You can run on them, but you cannot pass on them this year. How did Chargers move the football? Herbert through the air for the most part. Now, the numbers have been scary, especially over the last couple of weeks. It's not the Herbert that we're used to. And what, what do you know? It's without Mike Williams. Like he... He's been gone with his injury, and then all of a sudden they're having struggles. I I don't want to say just stop doing it with a rookie receiver, but like maybe they should just stop doing it with Quentin Johnston right now <laughs> because he is very far off. Uh, Quentin good Johnston, try, good effort. Not, not meeting any sort of expectations, not at this point. I mean, the Chargers, I mean, rather the Chiefs offense should get right, but we've had this conversation before. It's a, it's a plus matchup for them where they should be able to do just fine. 
hate, I hesitate to say it, but you know, I, I mentioned yesterday, I like the chargers and I'm good with it. Herbert usually keeps it close when they're a sizable underdog. He's been flawless in this matchup, five, six points they're getting. He's won it a couple of times. It's gone to overtime a couple of times and then close losses, close one score losses the other times, but matchup wise, I think Rasheed Rice is in a good spot, right? In this game? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Get me on camera. <laughs> Get me on camera. Come no, on. There no, we go. I don't go. know what that means. It means pony up, Joe. Are you it's in? Pony up this whole time, Joe. Are you in? Yeah. 36 and a half? Absolutely. That number's yeah. ridiculous. Give me a big bowl of rice here. Let's go. That number's a joke. Yeah. Are we doing anything with Travis Kelsey? He's all in love now. Are we fading him? Is he gonna, is he gonna go off? What does this mean? He's gallivanting around the country with his girl. Gallivanting. <laughs> Take oh, your career boy. seriously. The word of the day: gallivanting. That, that was not our word of the day. We don't have a word of the day yet. We do now. Yeah. We remnants was from yesterday, but we don't have a word of the day yet. Gallivanting, but Travis Kelsey gallivanting all over the country with this new girl. Right. Gallivanting yeah. into the end zone. Uh, it doesn't work. Uh, um, I'll, I'll count it. Is, you'll count, count it. All right, fine. Yeah. Okay. So the Chargers have a short week. I think the Chiefs have the advantage here. I don't think I'm going to bet the spread, though. I, I I don't know. Brandon Staley, what is he going to do? I think he should be on the hot seat at this point. And Justin Herbert, it, it seems he like he's having a difficult time adjusting to this offense. It's just things aren't working quite success as successful as I thought they were going to be. So I don't know. I just think the Chiefs overall have more talents. I don't know about the spread, though. I'll probably stay away from that one. It'll be a pass mm -hmm. for me. I like the Chiefs at home. I am going to uh, lay the five and a half here. I, I think it's one of those deals where this Chargers defense, yes, they have shown some signs of, of success. The problem is they're giving up a lot of yak already. In terms of uh, yak over expected, it's 108. That's sixth worst in football. It's something where they're getting rid of the deep shot, and that's great, something that hasn't always been the case. And I think running the ball against them is probably a slightly tougher, so I would be really careful with, say, like Isaiah Pacheco props. But I still think, though, that you can get good chunk plays off of short passes, and that's largely what we see from the Chiefs now because this receiving core hasn't exactly impressed. With Travis Kelsey, you know he's a great yak tight end, maybe the best we've ever seen. But one prop I do like, how about Noah Gray over 10 and a half receiving yards as his longest reception? That mm. one is fun and fancy free to me. That one probably <laughs> makes a good bit of sense because I think it's the yak that we're looking for as far as why the Chiefs will cover the big number. And I'm comfortable with that one. The Kelsey number is 72 and a half. I'm not interested in it. At times, mm. Derwin James has been all right. I'm, I'm staying away from that from that number in that specific matchup, which is part of the reason yeah. I, I'm leaning towards Rice. Yeah. I'm definitely Pony up. That's right. Not you too. That's right. Come I'm on, Joe. Know. Everyone's doing it. I'm not betting it. Everyone's doing it. I'm not it. betting it. Oh. Nope. 
I'm gonna text you pony <laughs> up every time he gets a catch. I'll be in but if I'll I bet on him. Cooper. We'll see. Yeah, I know you won't. <laughs> All right, Packers and Broncos. How about this? Jordan Love, whatever you want to say about him, he's a favorite on the road in Denver. How in Yikes. the world could this possibly happen? Whoa. Well, maybe it's because the Broncos have been just putrid. Total 45 and a half, Joe. Oh, uh, nasty. Good word. This game stinks. What do you guys think? I'm not betting anything with the side. Uh, here, here, you know what I think? Kind of under the radar, and it was a, a player prop that we were all on in the Monday night football matchup uh, before the bye. Uh, last time we saw the Packers on the field. By the way, how are they going to look? How's Love going to bounce back? He's, he had three interceptions in that game. I mean, you look at some of the numbers, EPA plus CPOE, like he's bad. Completion percentage above expectation. He's like last 34th, I think. Uh, Dylan has had his struggles with the run game. But is it Christian Watson time? In this matchup against the Broncos secondary, I kind of think it's Christian Watson time. Yeah, well, he had 91 yards in that game. It was just Jordan Love was throwing him the football, so it, it, it was tough. He, only, he did that on just three grabs. But uh, total yards, 49 and a half. Like, he gets into the end zone when given the opportunity. That's almost two to one. I'm looking at Watson props here. Gosh, I am not interested in this game at all. I don't think I like anything. I mean, what's worse, the Nothing? Packers being road favorites or the Raiders? This is just another just ew. Bad. I'm not interested. Um, I mean, the Broncos defense is so bad, so I like where you're looking. I probably would just have to force it with some props, but I just have no interest. This is one I don't really care about. <laughs> yeah, this game sucks. I mean, the, the Broncos have a tough upcoming schedule as well. It's just not looking good for them. I wouldn't be surprised mm. if they don't even really – tried out like for the rest of the season doesn't it just kind of seem that way i i would actually like to convince you guys of a prop to back the broncos let's see how my argumentative skills work in this one so okay. one stat i've cited a lot pass rate over expected in situations where you may run because of down distance etc which teams still pass well you can have a pass rate over expected defensively, and Sumer Sports has talked about this. And the number one team that that uh, sort of elicits more runs than anticipated is the Green Bay Packers. I think Denver will run the ball a good bit in this one. Javante Williams over 47 and a half rushing yards. I love that prop. That might be one of my favorite props of the day. And plus, if Denver does have a lead, they will run the ball more as well. So game strips also suggests such things. This is MacQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Steelers, Rams, and of course, the game of the week, Dolphins, Eagles. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. We did figure out what our word of the day was going to be uh, during the last break, and we will share that uh, yeah. in some seamless way during the festivities. But let's get back to the games here. We've got the Steelers and the Rams. Pittsburgh coming off of a bye week, so that certainly matters. L.A. is at home, so that's a big deal. T.J. Watt did not practice on Thursday, and now we have a total of 43 and a half. Joe, side total, what do you like? 
Sometimes I really wish we could bring the off-air conversation on the air, but if we did, there'd be no more show because we would all get True. fired. So sorry, guys. Uh, I don't think you're going to find out about the word of the day. If it's the word that I was thinking about that was going on <laughs> during the break. Uh, this, I thought it was Thanksgiving, one's... Joe. <laughs> oh, yeah, Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Why did yeah. that come to mind? You know, we talk a lot I about uh, rape. Vrabel and Mike Tomlin as underdogs because they are so successful because they have a winning straight up record with a large sample size in these positions. Now the Rams rushing offense, we were talking about this with John Digg a little bit earlier and just the question marks that we have. So Kyron Williams goes off last week. He ends up being the rushing leader in the NFL and now he's going to be out for a while. They're talking maybe week 11. He makes his return. Ronnie Rivers was also put on injured reserve. So the guess is Zach Evans. But what do we know about Zach Evans? So it kind of feels like, okay, how much do you trust that Rams offense? Um, they've been, uh, to this point, number six in the NFL, EPA per rush, even though everyone's talking about the passing offense, and they should with the tandem that they have there. I mean, I, it's been two games. But I guess we can say that they're in the conversation for best tandem in the NFL. I mean, it's just been wild. Uh, and, and they've split the workload. I know Cup is getting more love. But in those two games, we're talking about 21 targets for him and 18 targets for Puka. So those guys are always in play. And, you know, the, the Steelers, their defense has not been what we're used to. You've been able to run on them. Passing defense has been pretty good. It feels like people are a lot more down on them than I am. But, you know, the trouble with backing Pittsburgh on a short number is their quarterback play. That's the scary part. I am backing Pittsburgh plus three in this position with Tomlin with extra time to prepare. And I expect Watt to get into the backfield and uh, make make life tough for Matthew Stafford uh, in this matchup. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's what you're betting on. Not so much the quarterback play because there have been a lot of issues there. He's got the second worst bad ball rate. In the NFL, I mean, any metric that you want to take a look at, Pickett has had his struggles. But Deontay Johnson's putting in a full week of practice, so he's going to return. Uh, that that should really help the offense. This is a tough one. Another tough one. I, I lean Steelers here. The defense should be able to contain some of the Rams' weapons. I like the Rams' uh, offense, and I like the Steelers' defense. I was, I, I'm surprised this total is at 44, 43 and a half. Maybe it's a sharp number. It'll probably be somewhere around there. I'm, I was thinking, should this be a under? But then that Rams offense is pretty good. So probably stay away from the total. Uh, is TJ Watt playing? I mean, I know he didn't practice yesterday. It seems like he'll probably play, right? I mean, the Steelers edge rushers should be able to keep Stafford under duress um but i don't know i don't have a lot of strong plays on this one i mean i just i think it's I a good a spot for the Steelers, but i don't know i have a strong play on this one i i feel strongly about one thing first off like if tj watt is not 100 percent or not out there at all whatever the case may be i still trust alex highsmith i still trust other pass rushers in this defense i i mm -hmm. think they can be mm -hmm. okay I think one thing that has perhaps been lost in the shuffle in terms of how enamored we've been with this Rams passing attack is that the offensive line has not been doing Matthew Stafford a whole lot of favors. In terms of pass blocking, PFF gives them the fifth lowest grade in the NFL. 
And that to me is a really big deal if Matthew Stafford isn't 100%. If he doesn't have that mobility where he can get outside the pocket or at least evade some oncoming pass rushers, I think that's a big problem in a game like this. I do think that the Steelers' defense should be able to come ready to play. Now, granted, Rams, in terms of run blocking, they're pretty good at that, and they do have some good backs. It looks like that the ground game for the Rams is starting to settle in, and boy, did they lean on that a lot last week against the Cardinals. So it's something where I think the Rams can at least keep this game close, but I got to back the Steelers here. I think we'll see Kenny Pickett as more of a runner than a passer, though Deontay Johnson being added to the fold certainly will help the cause for the passing attack. But I wouldn't be surprised if a Pickett uses more of his legs and more of his athleticism to keep drives alive. Wouldn't be surprised by that, especially hmm. given that this Rams defense has struggled against quarterback scrambles. But um, what do I feel good about? What do I feel good about, you ask? This is my mm -hmm. alternate spread of the week. Give me the Steelers minus two and a half at plus 160, Joe. That's great. Uh, what's the difference between that and the money line? You get a little bit more since, but it's still inside of a field. That makes sense. I like the Steelers plus three. So that definitely means I think that they can win this game because I wouldn't be taking a team plus three that uh, not be the case. So that that's good. I like that alt spread. So I'm with you. It does feel like have, a show bet, right? Because I think Paul was on that and Jake yeah. may have been as well. I think so. Yeah. We may have to. I am in. I, I got a prop for you guys. Matthew Stafford, okay. under one and a half passing touchdowns. He's only gone, he's only had two touchdowns in a game once. Interestingly Ooh. enough, that was against the, the Eagles. <laughs> Um, but what do we think about that? Cause it's, you could even get plus one Oh five at bed MGM. And uh, under mm. one and a half. Mm -hmm. I have, I have a tough time with that one. I keep, I do like the Steelers, but I can Stafford trailing, get a second passing touchdown late in the game to Puka or cop. Like, yeah, yeah. That that's what scares me off of that one. Yeah. I yeah, mean, he's only I, done I... it once. So, which, which is wild to think. Money. I know. Yeah, it's kind of uh, wild to think when, yeah, with those receivers. I mentioned the, that the targets are really close in the last couple games with the two of them. The production for Cup much higher, but the gap is sizable. Uh, for Cup, it's seven and a half receptions, 89 and a half yards. And for Puka, it's only four and a half grabs for 59 and a half yards. <laughs> are you covering your face, Aaron? Why 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 yeah. is your uh, head keeled over, Aaron? Uh no reason. No reason. All right. like, cool. Would you take Puka? I mean, 59 and a half for him? It feels low. It does. He's still feel getting low. his catches. Yeah. Yeah. It feels thinking, low. Yeah. He's still getting his catches. And I, I think what we figured out is that, and I think John Daigle put it really well. It's like, okay, Cooper comes back in the fold. Wonderful. Now they have two receivers and nobody else. Like, I don't, like, I would probably fade anybody not named Cup or Nakua as far as receiver is concerned, or even a tight end is concerned mm. for the Rams. It's going to be those two guys and nothing else. Yeah, where, where have they been putting it at? Well, I don't even see, but Just yeah, he's, guy. he's yeah. not, yeah. Props wise, I don't see anything listed at the moment, but right. that, that's a good idea. That The volume, mm. it's these two guys, and that's probably going to right. be it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. How fast can we get through uh, Bills minus eight and a half at the Patriots with a total of 40? How fast can we get through this one? Teaser? 
You want to tease it? Yep. Two and a half? That's all I, I want to do. Uh, the, the number is, yeah, it's out of whack. I mean, this is, it's just the expectation by the market is Bill's smash spot, bounce back. Josh Allen's been really good against Bill Belichick's defenses. He's 7-2-1 against the spread. Historically, he's been good, and that's when they were better teams. They're going with Mac Jones again. I don't know. Boy, it is. I did a double take earlier in the week, but, you know, we know these teams, so I get it. But to see the Patriots and Foxborough as an eight-and-a-half to nine-point underdog still is just a wild scene. I'm glad you brought that up because I had a Patriots fan DM me, just a random dude. What do you think? Uh, what do you think about the fans here? Belichick stays or goes? How do you dump a guy like him after a couple down years? The Pats fans are going nuts. Like I just thought it was out. so interesting. <laughs> yeah, they just want Belichick gone. The roster isn't good though either. Is this all Belichick's fault? I mean, show me another coach who could go in with this roster and rapidly turn things around. I mean, the talent stinks there in New England right now. But who put the yep. roster together? Like, yep, that's the point. Mm -hmm. Like, if, if you want to take... I don't see how this works out where you take responsibilities away from Belichick and he's okay with it. I don't see mm -hmm. how that process works out well for anybody. Like, it's all in or nothing. That's what you get out of him. Another franchise might buy in, but I can't see that happening with the Pats. So, uh, as far as uh, plays for me, uh, I think the Bills can cover this number. I might even like the yeah. over here. Not because I like Mac Jones, but the Bills could cover this number by themselves. It's You know, the Pats yes. even isn't horrible, but... I, would you be surprised if there's a ton of yak in a game like this where just a little dump off to a tight end and then he rushes free for, you know, 65, 70 yards? We could see that a couple of times in a game like this. So over tight end props are good. Might get an over for the game as well. So I think any one of those are fine. Let's move yeah. on now to gonna, Sunday night football. Really quick, though, if this is going to yeah, be yeah. a blowout, would you look at Mac Jones unders? Uh, no, because there could be garbage right? time, and, and the Bills right. are missing so many guys on defense. As is, I mm -hmm. I'm just staying away from Mac. Like the numbers you are so bad. I don't, again? He could, he could, but I don't want to bet on that. But they're but they're happening late in games. Like if it's forty two nothing, yeah. he'll get benched. But like in a in a tight game like 28-14 that's not a tight but he won't get benched and so there would be garbage opportunities for him and look what else are they supposed to do like Bailey Zappi's not the answer Malik Cunningham isn't the answer yet Cunningham might like, be the guy kind of, they, they might go turn to him this time uh, is is it time for that like how many weeks does he need to no. be a part of the fold before that that's the well, case no. like Bill Belichick's trying to save his job or at least his reputation at this point. He oh, might be something like that. He's not mad either, Blues. But yeah, I mean, the, the <laughs> end the end is near. Um, my only Bill hesitation Belichick's with laying, laying eight and a half, nine is, uh, do you believe what Josh Allen is saying? Is he completely healthy? Because that that's a question. And maybe stay away from Bill's props because if it is out of hand, maybe they're just going to pull Josh Allen early. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next are college football bets for the weekend. That's right here on the BetQL Network.